when the Christmas holidays are rolled around, or for that matter, any holiday, we, um, you know, we, we cherish those times that we get together as family, like you know, around meals and stuff. And, um, uh, and, and, the, and the truth is, probably for me, every time that we have a meal together, we, we either say it out loud or certainly in our hearts, we think about the people who can't be with us, Right? And sometimes it's um sometimes it's it, it can't can't be with us because because they they live too far away and sometimes can't be with us because they've got to work and sometimes sometimes they can't be with us you know because they've passed away. And some, sometimes at Christmas the the the, the folks that, that we have cherished and have been a part of of our tradition aren't with us because they're not seated seated at at at, at an earthly dining table they're seated at a heavenly banquet table right and that's that's what we believe in the communion of saints and then sometimes this is this is a big one some sometimes they can't be with us because in laws. <laughs> Right, you know, because in-laws are reality, and, and sometimes you've got to share family with the other side or the other side or the other side and, and, and that kind of thing. But, but, I, but, I, but I bring the empty chair today to say, you know, like, like when Christmas comes and we're, 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 we're seated around the table, and whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like, right? When we think about those who aren't with us, we're really in our minds and in our hearts, we're, we're sort of leaving an empty seat for them that they might, they might be with us. And, and, the, and the Christmas story itself is this big family all sort of seated around the table because, because we know the characters, like our own family, we know the characters. The, the characters in the Christmas story, the, the ones that, 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 that got us here today. We know them because of the songs. We know them because of the Christmas pageants. We know them even because of, 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 of the movies on TV. I mean, we, we, who, real quick, just who are the characters of Christmas? Nope, not so much. Um, let me try that again. Wow. <clears throat> First, I make fun of Larry, and nobody likes me when I do that. Um, and now I get Elf. Uh, Elf is quite a character, and it is a Christmas music uh, movie, just like Die Hard. Um, <clears throat> who are the characters of the biblical Christmas story? Oh. Do I need to start over? I did start on a bad foot. Rab came and was like, Larry didn't ask for the video. I'm like, okay, I'll try to fix it. Everybody look at Rab. <sighs> Mark Rick has lost control of this service. Um, who are the characters in the Bible's Christmas story? Mary, Joseph, Jesus, Elizabeth. Oh, you guys are good. Keep going. Zechariah, Wiseman. How many are there? Oh, oh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't, golly, we don't know. We, why do we say it's three? Because there are three gifts, right? Right. We got shepherds, angels, Herod. Dun, dun, dun. Who, who are we leaving out? The innkeeper? That's good. God. Have you got that photo? 
You got that photo? This, um, you guys, some of you have seen this before, and it's not, the lighting's not great. This is the nativity scene over in the chapel, but it's, a, but it's, but it's the nativity scene that my grandfather, Carlton, uh, whittled over the course of a couple of decades. He himself was a preacher, and, uh, and, but, he, but he got to where he would carve and whittle things. And, um, and again, you can't see it all that well, but, um, but this is the nativity scene, and he's got them all. He's got the camels, he's got the wise men over here, the, the magi, you've got Mary and Joseph and the baby, you've got the cattle that are lowing, You've even, um, you've even got right here on the inside left, or the, the outside left column, there's Mary, um, excuse me, there's Elizabeth, and she's, you, you can't see it well, but she's holding, uh, you know, um, six-month-old John the Baptist, because he thought, well, if Mary would have come to see Elizabeth when she was pregnant, then Elizabeth would have surely brought the baby John to come and see. It doesn't say it in the Bible, but my grandfather says that it happened, so therefore it did. You got the um you got the the, the shepherds over here. They've even got sheep and he's got a dog because you can't be a shepherd without a sheep dog, right? And so I mean, it, it, I mean you got to give him the credit, you know. There's also supposed to be a light bulb in the top of it. I didn't put the light bulb in it there this year, but um, the light bulb sort of representing, you know, um, uh, I, I don't know, the heavenly host and the angels that were singing and the star maybe, you know. I mean, he, he kind of gets it all, right? I mean, he, gets, he, he leaves out the innkeeper, but we named him. Or is there anyone that, that's left out of the Christmas list of characters that we've named other than Elf, which is a good one? <laughs> we got Zechariah. What about the Holy Spirit? Mm. What about the Holy Spirit? See, here's the thing. When the Christmas pageants and even the Christmas carols and the, and, and the great songs of the church tell the Christmas story, they often leave out the Holy Spirit. But the Bible doesn't. When, when you read the scriptures on how Christmas happened, when you ask the Bible how to do Christmas right, we've been doing that. We've, we've asked the question of why, we've asked the question of when, and today we ask the question of who. The who must include the Holy Spirit. And the Bible gives us the evidence of that. And so I invite you to turn in the scriptures with me to uh, Luke chapter 1. We're going to read two of the uh, two of the of the pre-Christmas night stories, because we're trying to get ready for Christmas, and Luke says you can't do Christmas right without hearing these stories. But then what we find is in the middle of the stories, you can't do the stories right without the role of the Holy Spirit. So it's Luke chapter one, verse five. During the rule of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. They were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to become pregnant. and They were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. Following the customs of priestly service, he was chosen by lottery. This, this, probably, this probably was like the rolling of dice or something like that. To go into the Lord's sanctuary, this is into the Holy of Holies, and to burn incense. All the people 
who were there at the Temple Mount gathered to worship were praying outside during this hour of incense offering. An angel from the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and overcome with fear. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will give birth to your son, and you must name him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many people will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine and liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. He will go forth before the Lord, equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children, and he will turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Luke says that to understand the Christmas story is to understand that God did a miracle in the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth, who could not have children. And, and apparently had been trying to have children, but now at the, at the very old age that they were, are going to conceive and give birth to John. And John's role is to be the one who is preparing the way for the world to receive the one who would save the world. It says in verse 26, when Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen, since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. That's an, that's an awesome line. And right now, Mary... And Elizabeth are saying, you're not kidding, right? Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. This is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to God. So, so, so for Luke, the Holy Spirit has already come to infant or, 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 or pre-born John the Baptist has already come to Mary, has here already come to Elizabeth. But the story continues of the Holy Spirit's encounter with the characters of Christmas. You see, Zechariah, the the husband Elizabeth, in chapter 167. Simeon, in chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. And then finally, before, before the adult ministry of Jesus finally kicks, fully kicks off, these pre-stories tell us in chapter 4, verse 18, that Jesus Himself was overcome with the Holy Spirit. Six different characters in the span of really what are just a, a couple of chapters. You you cannot deny that the Holy Spirit is one of the key characters of Christmas. And and, and the rest of us are going, hold on, Holy Spirit, that's that that thing, right? That's that thing that we celebrate about halfway through the year, 50 days after Easter, right? On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, right? Or some of you are saying, Holy Spirit, yeah, that's what them Pentecostals do, right? You know? And we're going to be laid out on the floor in here or something like that. That's, that's what we're doing. No, 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 no. Holy Spirit, Pentecost, Pentecostals, and Christmas. The Bible says you can't tell the story of Christmas without the Holy Spirit encountering all of these characters and leading them. And, and I would say, and this is, I'm getting ahead of myself, I would say that it's the Holy Spirit's role in Christmas that includes everyone. That makes a space at the table for everyone. A couple weeks ago, we, uh, we read Ephesians 4, verses 4, 5, and 6. It was a, it was a, it was a, part, of, um, it's a part of the why of Christmas, right? You know, the why of Christmas. This is what it says. You are one body in one... Nope. That's exactly what it says. Hold on. <clears throat> what does mine say? Yeah, yeah. That's not what mine says at all. Oh, guess what? Galatians 4. <clears throat> not Ephesians. Listen to Galatians 4. I put those verses in. Those are wrong. But when the fulfillment of the time came, God sent His Son, born through a woman and born under the law. So so this is what we talked about. that, 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 That God acted when time was fulfilled and time was ready. This was so He could redeem those under the law so that we could be adopted. Because you are sons and daughters, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This, this, this understanding that, that the timing of God and the purpose of God provide both a son, it says, 
For when the time was fulfilled, a son was given, but also a spirit. There, there, are, there are New Testament writers that, that propose that what, that what Paul is getting right in Galatians is this double blessing. That Christmas is both the blessing of the Son, but also the blessing of the Holy Spirit. But the, but the truth is, it's not just limited to Christmas, and it's not just limited to that Christmas. That, that this idea of double blessing happens throughout the scriptures. The best way we could understand it is this. I have been blessed, what? To be a blessing. The, the, the double blessing of Christmas is that we've received it and are now to give it. And the Holy Spirit makes all of this happen. You can't tell Christmas right without the Holy Spirit. But the church asks, so what? Or, or maybe, maybe you say it more kindly. You're like, all right, Scott, I got it. Christmas, Holy Spirit, they go together. What am I supposed to do with that? I don't know about you. I, um, I was really bad at selling Christmas wrapping paper. Anybody? When I was, um, when I was growing up and I was in Scouts, we didn't sell popcorn. Um, popcorn's a new invention in the world of Boy Scouts. and Girl Scouts have been selling uh, cookies, I think, since Elizabeth and Mary were around. But, um, but Boy Scouts popcorn is in the last just, uh, just maybe, maybe a few years, a couple of decades. But, um, but I'm really old. We didn't, sell, we didn't sell popcorn, but we did sell wrapping paper. And it wasn't just the scouts that would do it. It was um, like our church youth group. We would sell wrapping paper. The, the, the school that I went to, elementary school, we would sell like wrapping paper and knickknacks and stuff like that. And I don't know, but I was pretty bad at it. And the thing is, I was for scouts and I was for the youth group and, I, and, and the church and I was for my school. I was for those things. I just wasn't for the stuff that they would, that they would ask me to sell to other people. Now, and, 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 and again, we all know how to do it, right? If you're not for it, you're still going to get it done, right? So who do you sell it to? Your parents. And then you call your grandmother and granddaddy, and you're just like, hey, the last thing y'all need is wrapping paper, but can I put you down for $30, you know? <clears throat> and so you, you just sort of, you just muddle through. And it's not that I didn't believe in the group, I just didn't believe in the stuff that the group was asking me to push. but not so with Christmas and the church. We believe in Christmas because it's, it's a thing that matters and it's mattered to us. And so when the church talks about Christmas, we can tell others about it because we believe in it. And this is what I think we're called to do. Um, 
in a couple of weeks when, when the new year gets here, we, uh, I don't know if it's a campaign, I don't know if it's an initiative, I don't know, I, don't, I, I think I want it to be, I think, I think it's a part of our culture, and we already do it. We're just going to give it a name and then talk about it for a while. We're, we're calling it this um, For Our Friends initiative. You got that slide? For Our Friends. And it's, and it's based on the truth that, that what others did for us, we're called to do for others. Because we're all here because of others. Now, how can we get others here because of what we're doing in their life? And I mean, another way of saying it is, another saying is, how can we, how can we open a seat at the table for others to be a part of it? This is, this is the double blessing of what we do. And it all happens because the same Spirit that was at work at Christmas then is at work in our hearts now. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, you can look it up, says that. Same Spirit. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to us, this was last week, that comes to us when we pray and we wait. The power comes so that we would be witnesses. This is uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. If you wait, the Holy Spirit will come and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The role of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story is to include more people at the table. You got the ones that shouldn't be a part of it. You got another that shouldn't be a part of it. You got another that's, that, that, that doesn't even know what's going on, and yet the Holy Spirit says, you're a part of the story. The who of Christmas is all about the Holy Spirit leaving a place for us to include others. Others have done it for us. Oh, that we would do it for them. My prayer this Christmas in these days that are remaining with the shopping list and the busyness and this event and that event and this more thing that needs to happen is that the work of the Holy Spirit that God wants to happen in my heart and in yours would be granted permission that we would, that we would get out of the way the Holy Spirit would would flood our hearts and that we would include others in the story which is what we're called to do. Let's pray.
Gracious God, for all the ways that I've gotten it wrong. For all the ways that we've missed it, messed up. Terribly all. For all the ways that we've not included others. Your forgiveness comes and you bring us back. You call us to be a part of your work and including others around the table. Not just for Christmas but for eternity. May we be witnesses empowered by your Spirit, O oh God. This is our prayer. And we ask it in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen and amen.